Let's go to uh, a very familiar passage. Let's go to Philippians chapter number 2. I feel like this is really where the Lord would have us tonight. Philippians chapter number 2. We'll start reading in verse number 5. And as you get there, if you'd like to stand as we read God's Word, we certainly appreciate that. Philippians chapter 2, starting in verse number 5. The Bible says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who, being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore God also hath highly exalted him, and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven, and things in earth, and things under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your many blessings. We thank you for being so good, and we thank you for all that you've done. Lord, most of all, we want to thank you for Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. How he went to the cross and died and shed his blood for our sins so that we could be saved. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. We ask that you'd help us tonight as we stand to preach your word. Lord, that you would help us, that we would say only those things that would... Uh, be honoring and pleasing to you, and that we would be a blessing to the people here tonight. We love you, we thank you, and praise you for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. No, you you can be seated. You know, as we look in this passage, uh, very familiar passage, probably most of us in here have this passage even memorized. And, you know, this really, this really isn't uh, a missions message. You know, often we go to churches, and I don't often really preach about missions, but if we would get some things right in our lives, if we would, like in this passage, I believe if we get our minds in the right place, we don't really have to preach on missions, just be a, be a Christian and have our minds in the right place, and God can use us in the way He wants to use us. And we would see great things happen for the Lord. In this passage, there's just a, a great Pool, not uh, certainly we have an example of what Jesus Christ has done. We see what Jesus did for us. But I think the key verse is really verse number 5, where it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. If we need something today, I could say we, we really need a lot of things. We, we need a lot of help. But... Certainly, we as a church, we as a people, we as saved individuals, we need to have the mind of Christ. If we have His mind in us, as it says right here, let this mind be in you, that would make all the difference in our walks with the Lord as we uh, go to our workplaces and deal with people as we try to be a witness in this world today. There's really not, uh, not a really big question that we have uh, battles but the battle of the mind is one of the most important battles that we have. This world certainly wants your mind. The devil wants your mind. There's pulls in every direction. Pulls about just taking care of yourself and taking care of your family. There's a pull of our mind to being safe and not... Um, or just safety in general. There's a pull on social media. There's a pull from even just the news media. Pulling your minds to certain things. Um, 
There's a, a preacher that I listen to sometimes in Jacksonville, Florida, and they have, they have hurricanes that come through or storms that come through. And he said they always pull up the worst videos and images from storms that have come through in the last 50 years to say, hey, get ready, a storm's coming. And the storm, he said, the storm might not even be but less than a Category 1 storm, yet they're showing images from a Category 5 to get your mind away from whatever whatever it needs to be on, to get your mind away from the Lord, right? To get your mind away from the right things. Satan really wants your mind. The world wants your mind, but we need to have our minds on Jesus Christ. Um, I like this, this quote from, um, from A.W. Tozer. I don't know if you read after him some, but he said, What we think about when we're free to think about what we will, that is what we are, or will soon become. I think that's kind of profound to think about. Hey, what we think about, that's who we are, or who, that's who we're going to be. Think about that for a second. I want to be like Jesus. Not saying if you just think about the Lord all the time that you're going to look like Jesus and be like Jesus, but it certainly wouldn't hurt. If we're thinking about worldly things, we're thinking about sin, you know how much easier it is to go in that direction? But if we think about the Lord, we think about Jesus Christ, we think about the things of the Lord, what a difference that would make. In, uh, in Proverbs, I believe it's in Proverbs chapter 16, verse number 1. Um, no, in verse number 3, Proverbs 16 and verse 3. The Bible says, Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. So if we... I, I, that's not in my notes, it's kind of a sidetrack, but if we do the right things, then our minds will be on the right things. That makes a big difference. We need to have our minds on the Lord. I wonder where our minds are at today. Where is, where is your mind? What's your mind resting on? Do we think about the Lord? Do we meditate on Scripture as we should? Do we think about working for God and doing the work of the Lord? Um, my mind's not always where it needs to be. And if I'm the only one, I'm going to be up here and I'll just confess it right now. My mind's not always where it is supposed to be. It's right, right now, I'll say, okay, yesterday my mind was on football. I'll just tell you. I'm, I root for Tennessee and they lost. They got beat. And I was a little bit tore up about it for just like this long. And I thought, this is ridiculous. Why is this ever... Why is this doing anything to me? But I'm probably not the only one. Maybe it's not football for you, but there's something that grabs a hold of your mind that's not the Lord. What, what is our minds really on? It could be um, entertainment. It could be, uh, it could be work. It could be your future and plans and responsibilities, planning, all of those things. Or, or it could just be nothing at all. You're not thinking about anything. I don't know. But what are, what are our minds on today? Where is your mind at? I've got a ton of Scripture. So let's go to a few of these. Look in, uh, we looked at this one this morning, but let's do it again. Isaiah chapter number 26. You guys have this on your screen. Isaiah 26 uh, and verse number 3. 
the Bible says, that will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. Because he trusteth in thee. We looked at that verse this morning, but that's so important. If we keep our minds on him, we can have perfect peace. Um, look at um, Lamentations chapter number 3, verse 21. Man, I like this, where you guys can pull up these verses. That is really nice. Uh, th- this verse says, This I recall to my mind, therefore I have hope. If you look at the verses before that, you see uh, several things. You see the Lord's mercies. You see the Lord's compassion. You see the Lord's faithfulness, the Lord's goodness, and really the Lord's salvation. And the prophet Jeremiah is saying, Hey, I recall this to my mind, all of these things about the Lord, therefore I have hope. Because when you think on those things, when you think on the Lord, wow, what a difference that really makes. Uh, Matthew chapter 22 uh, and verse number 37. This is Jesus speaking. It says, Jesus said unto them, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, with all thy soul, and with all thy mind. It's important where our minds are at. Look in Romans chapter number 8. We're going to look at verses 5 and 6. I'm keeping you guys busy back there. We're going to look at both of these, verses 5 and 6. For they that are after the flesh do mind the things of the flesh. But they that are, of, that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Hey, where, where's our mind at? Is, are we more carnally minded than we are spiritually minded? I know that this isn't necessarily about missions. I know this might not be what we really want to hear, but where our minds are is very important. I wonder if you're spiritually minded or we spiritually minded. We have the greatest example right here in this passage in Philippians chapter number 2. It says, let this mind, the mind of Christ, be in you. That's the mind that we need to have. Well, what was Jesus' mind on? What was his mind on? Well, in this passage, I really see, I see three things. I'm going to give you all three of them, then we're going to talk about it. I see, number one, that he has the mind of a servant, okay? Secondly, he has the mind of humility. And third, he has the mind of obedience. And I think those are three things that we really need to have our minds on if we are going to have our minds on the right things in the right place so we can be used by God today. Number one, the mind of a servant. Look in Philippians chapter 2, verse 7. It says, But made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and was made in the likeness of men. A servant is simply someone that attends to the needs of others. Right? I mean, that's all it is. And that's what Jesus was. He, was, he came to this earth to be a servant. He didn't come for himself. He didn't come so he could make himself well-known and he could be exalted so that he could get fame and get glory for himself. But he came so that he could be a servant, really, to us. He came so that he could serve. Hey, servants, they, they don't have any reputation. They're not known. They're not necessarily even important. Servants are replaceable, right? I remember when I was 
I was at my job. Before I quit to step out in missions, I had this um, lie that was in my head, a lie from the devil that said, you, this, this workplace, this job, they, they need you. They didn't need me. You know what happened after I left? They hired somebody else. They took my desk. They took my computer that was there. They took my job. And you know what? I haven't heard that the company shut down. So, so they probably didn't need me. I know that's it's kind, of, it's kind of humbling to think about and to realize that, hey, we're not really, we're replaceable. This is, we're thinking about servants. Servants are replaceable. Uh, servants are really the lowest of the low. And that's what Jesus came to be. That's what he became for us. We see his example um, in Mark chapter number 10, or Mark chapter 10, verse 45. The Bible says, For even the Son of Man came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. And to give his life a ransom for many. Jesus didn't come so that we could serve him, so that people could serve him. He came so that he could minister, so he could be a servant to others. And ultimately, he gave his life for us. Jesus did so many things. He healed people. He gave sight to the blind, caused the lame to walk, uh, caused the deaf to hear. Uh, He brought the dead back to life. Uh, he did so many things. He went out and about teaching and preaching the Word of God, which is the most important thing of all. He did all these things for us. He did all these things as a servant. The Bible says in Mark chapter number 2, verses, verses 1 and 2, the Bible says, And again, he, talking about Jesus, entered into Capernaum after some days. And it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together, insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the door. And he preached the word unto them. I think it's interesting to remember that as we are servants, as even the example that Jesus Christ gave, yes, he did a lot of good things. He helped people, he healed people, he gave people food. He did all of these things, but he never got away from preaching the word. He never got away from preaching the truth. And as we emulate Jesus, as we have this mind of servanthood, as we are servants like Jesus Christ, we need to remember we can do all these good things, but if we're not giving God's word, if we're not preaching the truth, then it's not going to make a lasting impact in people's lives. We can only serve so much, but real service is giving people God's word. That's really what it is. Jesus, he had a purpose. He had the mind of a servant. He had all of these things. I wonder, where, where's your mind at? Where's your mind at today? In the, in the book of Joshua, uh, at the end of the book in chapter 24, Joshua stands up. And he's giving really the people uh, an exhortation, a, a last exhortation to, to live for the Lord, to, to serve Him and all these things. Joshua says, or in Joshua it says in Joshua chapter 24, verse number 14. The Bible says, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve Him in sincerity and in truth. And put away the gods which your father served on the other side of the flood and in Egypt, and serve ye the Lord. That's the instruction that Joshua has given to the people. Do we have this mind of service? Look at Matthew chapter number 6. Verse number 24, very familiar passage. 
The Bible says no man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Thinking about service here, when we're thinking about Jesus Christ, the example of a servant. He had the mind of a servant and came to serve others. But as we think about being servants today, we've got to realize that hey, we're serving something. We're serving someone. Are you serving Jesus Christ? Or are you serving your workplace? Or are you serving yourself? Or are you just serving your family? Who are you serving? Here it says that you can't serve two masters. You're either going to love the one or hate the other. But it's either loving one or hating Jesus, right? Who are, who are we serving today? Who are you serving? Where is your mind at? Do you have the mind of a servant? Jesus Christ, he was a servant. He gave us this example Where is your mind at today? Secondly, let's think about the mind of humility. Look in second or in Philippians chapter two and verse number eight. The Bible says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of of the cross. Hey, Jesus Christ, he came and he had this mind of humility. He humbled himself. And you know, I think that sometimes it's it's amazing to think about the humility of Jesus Christ because we have to realize first of all who he was to see his humility into what he became. Jesus Christ, hey, he was he he even claimed equality with God. Jesus Christ, he had that he, he claimed equality by title. He claimed equality by the power that he displayed in his life, where he even had command over nature. Um, the Bible says oh, in, in Matthew chapter 26, in verse 64, the Bible says, Jesus saith unto him, Thou hast said, Nevertheless, I say unto you, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. Jesus giving testimony of, of who he was right before he was being crucified, while he was in, on trial. He said, Hereafter ye shall see the Son of Man talking to himself, sitting on the right hand of power and coming in the clouds of heaven. He's claiming equality and power to Almighty God, to the Heavenly Father. That's what Jesus was. He, he did have all power. He claimed to be God. He had all power. He had all of these things. He had all authority. He could command and control nature. He was the creator, the Alpha and the Omega, all of these things. These things are just what describes Jesus Christ and really who He is. And we realize that's who He was, God in heaven, and He came to be like us in flesh. Imagine how much humility He had to have simply to do that. And yet, do we have a mind of humility? Do we have the mind of being humble today? Jesus, he made himself of no reputation, and he humbled himself. I think if we are going to have that mind of humility, we need to realize that we can't stay up above everybody, that we have to sometimes do things we don't really want to do. I was thinking... um, I heard a story one time about a lady. 
and she went into, she was at the church, and she went to the bathroom, and they had a stall with a sink in it. You know what I'm talking about, where it had its own sink inside there? And she heard that the water was running in there, and she said, well, the, the water was running, but the stall door was locked, and someone had taken the sink and turned it on and clogged up the drain so that it would flood the church. That's terrible for one. I can't believe somebody would even do that. But then she was trying to get down there and trying to get underneath the door so she could get it, so she could get it stopped and get it fixed. But she couldn't, she couldn't get under the door. So she went to get somebody to help. So she went up to a man and said, hey, could you please help me? I've got this problem and I need some help. And he said, I don't do things like that. Because he didn't want to humble himself enough to get down on the, the dirty bathroom floor to crawl under just to fix the problem, just to unlock the door. I think sometimes, the end of the story, they, they were able to get the situation resolved and fixed. There was no lasting damage at all. But it's simply humbling ourselves to do things that just need to be done. Who would humble themselves Almighty God, to come to this earth, to come to this planet in this body of flesh to live and to die for us, but we won't humble ourselves to do what needs to be done for the glory of God? Do we have this mind of humility today? Where's our mindset? I'll tell you a personal story, an embarrassing story. I think the Lord lets us go through things so we can humble ourselves. But I, it was during, during COVID, we were, we were at church, and during this time, um, there were a few people, were, people were staying back at home, and that's, you know, we, we didn't really understand everything that was going on in that time, and I don't want to be critical on that. Uh, but people were staying home and watching online, and the, there was no one to lead the music. So they asked me if I would lead the music, and I'm happy to do pretty much any job you want me to do. But leading the music is just not my favorite one. I'll just be honest. It's just not my favorite one. Praise God for people that do. My brother is the one that leads the music at our home church. Um, but they said, hey, we need someone to lead it. Can you lead the music? Okay, fine, I can do that. So I led the music. It was no problem. But I have this, um, I don't know if it's necessarily a problem, but if I don't have the, the tune of the song in my head that I'm going to lead, I'm going to have some problems. So, you know, before... Um, I led the music, and then we were getting ready for the invitation. So, okay, I'm going to do the invitation, and I'm, I've got the song book open. I'm looking at the song, getting the tune in my head. We're going to do just as I am, okay? I knew I had to, I, I was ready, I was prepared. Okay, let's go, invitation time. So my pastor, as I'm walking across to go to lead the invitation song, he says, now why don't you sing Amazing Grace? That would be a good one for the invitation. I'm thinking, I didn't prepare that one. You know where this is going, I'm sure. So we get up there, and we open up, okay, Amazing Grace is being sung in the tune of Just As I Am. And you know what? You're thinking, how does that work? It doesn't work. It doesn't. It doesn't work at all. So we're getting up there, and I go a few lines, and I had to stop. My pastor's looking at me like, what in the world is wrong with this guy? And so we tried again. And I still messed it up. 
it was really embarrassing. Luckily, there was not there were not a lot, a lot of people there that day. But you know what? I'll t- I'll be honest. I thought that I would do a good job at leading the music. I probably had some sort of pride that I was the one that was going to get to stand up in front of everybody. But I realized really quick that I can't do anything without Jesus. I can't do anything without Him. I can't even get up and lead a song if it's not with the Lord helping me. And, you know, sometimes we have to be humbled so that we can realize we really need the Lord. We can't do anything without Him. Without Him, nothing is possible. But with Him, all things are. I want to have the mind of humility just like Jesus Christ to be willing to do whatever He needs me to do for His glory. And that's where our minds need to be. Thirdly, tonight, and we're done, let's think about the mind of obedience. Look in verse number 8 again, Philippians chapter 2, verse 8. The Bible says, And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. We see Jesus had this mind of a servant. He had this mind of humility. But if he didn't have the mind of obedience simply to go and do what he was supposed to do, to be obedient to God, then what hope would we really have? We wouldn't really have any hope at all because what Jesus did was so important to make a way of salvation. But Jesus was obedient to do those things. You know, it's amazing. Of course, Jesus Christ was God. Of course, he was... He's Jesus, but and what the great example that he has. But I like how when you look at the story of Jesus, that this was not the first time that Jesus was obedient. He was obedient time and time again. He was obedient to go out into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil for 40 days. He was obedient when he was even just a little boy. And his parents took him to the temple, to Jerusalem. And he stayed behind, and he was talking to the, talking to the scribes and the, and the Pharisees, the priests that were there. And he said, and his parents came back looking for him, and they said, Jesus, where have you been? He's like, well, didn't you know I'm supposed to be about my father's business and talking about those things? Uh, we see that Jesus, in uh, look in John chapter number 8 and verse number 29. John chapter 8, verse 29. Um, You got it up there for me. It says, And he that sent me is with me. The Father hath not left me alone, for I do always those things that please him. What a verse, right? Here's Jesus saying, Hey, here I am. The Father's with me. Everything I do pleases God. Everything I do pleases the Father. I wish that I could really say that. I'll just be honest. I wish we had more people that could say exactly that, but Jesus could say that because he was obedient. I think about the story, quickly, of Abraham and Isaac. It's a, what, a, what an amazing story. It, really, you learn so much more about that story when you have kids of your own. Because I didn't quite get it, but th- there's no way. Abraham is told by God, hey, go and take your son Isaac. Go and take him up to a mountain, and you're going to sacrifice him as an offering to God. Crazy, crazy. But you know what? And When I look at Abraham in that story, I don't see Abraham say, God, are you, are you serious right now? You really want me to do that? No, I see Abraham 
get up early the next morning, I would probably would have slept in. I probably would have hit snooze a couple times. But he gets up early in the morning, gets all the things together and says, hey, let's go. And they go and I don't see Abraham wavering in his faith, wavering. And he's going, he's going for, for three, or, I think it's four days they travel and they finally get to the place. But if it was me, I don't think I would be all that eager to get to the place where I was going to sacrifice my child. But he goes and he trusts God and is obedient. I'd probably, on day one, we're walking, I'd probably say, okay, well, you know, it's about 5 o'clock. It's, it's, it's getting kind of late. The sun's starting to go down. Let's just go ahead and stop. And the next morning, I don't know if I'm going to pack up the camp very fast. Maybe a little bit slower. We don't get that in the story. But Abraham is obedient simply to do what God wants him to do. I wonder if we had that mind of obedience Do we have that mind of obedience simply to do what God would have us to do? To go where God would have us to go? Would we be obedient to send people out from our church to take the gospel to people that don't know? Uh, Obedient to share the gospel and to be a witness. Obedient to pray. Obedient to simply beg God to do something with us. Being obedient to spend time in God's Word and learn from Him. Being obedient to... Simply live for Jesus Christ. Do we have that mind of obedience today? Certainly, we see that example from Jesus Christ, that he had this mind of service. He had this mind of humility. He had this mind of obedience. And then when you look in, back in our passage, look in verse number 9. At the end of it, the Bible says, he was obedient to all these things. It says, wherefore God hath highly exalted him. And given him a name which is above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Here in the end we see Jesus, he had this mind of service. He had this mind of humility. He had this mind of obedience. And in the end, he was highly exalted by God because of those things, because he did what he was supposed to do. And I'm not saying that if we had this right mind as Jesus had, then we would get exalted too. That's, if, that's the, if that's your purpose for having this mind, you missed it. You missed it really bad. But the purpose of it is that this is the result of a mind because it doesn't exalt us, but it exalts Jesus Christ. It exalts Him. If we have our minds in the right place, then we could bring honor and glory and magnification to our God, to our Savior. I wonder, where's your mind at? If we can have our minds in the right place, I believe God could really use us for great things, for His honor and for His glory. Where's your mind at today? Let's pray together. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this day and your many blessings. Lord, we thank you for being so good to us. Lord, we thank you for all that you've done. Lord, we thank you for the example that we have of Jesus Christ. who came to this earth. He, he humbled himself. He became a servant. He was obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Shed his blood so that we could be saved. And we have this example where it says, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Jesus Christ. Lord, as you work in the hearts of the people tonight, we ask you, Lord, do we have this mind? Do we have this mind of Christ that we need to have?
that we could bring honor and glory to you by our lives. Lord, we ask that you would work in our hearts according to your will. We'll thank you and praise you for it all. For it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.